Darby cast Monday sports and we're, we're in season two folks. And you know what that means? It means guests. And so today for this Monday sports edition, got my boy, Matty J sports expert and overall great guy whose spirit is as mighty as the day is broad. That's a saying that Kyle's been using recently. I can't help myself, but use it all the time. But Matty J, what's going on, man? First time caller, long time listener, baby. We're in the house, nighttime sessions. Let's, uh, let's jump right into it. Let's jump into sports. Let's talk Cam Newton leaving the Carolina Panthers, because we all know that that town, that whole that whole state really belongs to Christian McCaffrey now. And Cam had to get the hell out of there. You know, big heads up play on Belichick, you know, just kind of sat out waiting around at the yard sale. He knew that some big pieces were going to fly off the credenza, maybe a little piece of artwork that had been sitting there next to, you know, that Ford focus for quite some time. I remember back in the day we talked about even just grabbing a couple of fiestas and starting a train. But you know what? That's uh, maybe a story for season three. They said it couldn't happen. We're here in season two. Let's not rock the boat. Uh, but back to uh, to Newton and uh, and the figs. Essentially, what Bill Belichick did was he's like, look, the rest of the league, no one's going to just be flying right off right off the edge to be jumping after a guy who's more interested in putting on a Coachella outfit maybe some breakfast at Tiffany sunglasses and a fedora. I mean, we got to ask ourselves, can a guy read a cover two, or is he going to be showing up at the New York fashion model runway? Wow. Just a series, a series of great calls. Cam Newton, can he stay focused? Listen, I like the intensity and energy that Cam brings to the game. He is an absolute unit. He's humongous, but I agree. He's a bit of a prima donna, and I don't know if he always has his priorities straight, but what better way to sort things out than to get him in Belichick's arena? And then also, if you want to talk about that contract, a lot of incentives in the contract where it's like, Cam, if you don't wear the breakfast at Tiffany's sunglasses... 500k. I'm a little worried for him. I mean, we've seen this before, right? I mean, let's say this goes bad. There's really no landing spot for him afterwards. We saw it with Tebow. We saw it with Ocho Cinco. They had their shots, you know, out there in Foxborough. And if it wasn't going to work for for Bill and the Patriot way, who else wants you? At that point, you're just you're just second use goods. We'll see at the goodwill, baby. That's an interesting point. I've never heard a player compared to Ocho Cinco and Tim Tebow in the same breath. And is and that... Ask is, yourself, could Cam Newton be that ambitious crossover? That is a pretty big call out where it's like, wow, warrior of the faith, but a guy who also is um, willing to go to City Hall and make some changes to his birth certificate to make things happen in a big way. Right. Big fan of the Spanish language and Cuban cigars and and just getting kicked out of town. <laughs> but no, I think that it's it's an interesting opportunity, certainly for both parties. Could be an interesting win-win. Makes you wonder, could that have been a landing spot for Kaepernick? Why? Because if you, if you ask yourself, would you rather have Cam Newton or Kaepernick? I don't know. I think Cap's still got more legs than Cam does. He could probably throw a better deep ball too. 
I think Cam's just kind of a, a caricature of himself. I could see him maybe starting, maybe losing the starting job. Maybe they just have some special plays for him where he's got the run game going. I don't know. I'm not too thrilled about it. I think it's exciting. It's good to have him in camp, but essentially the Patriots got him on the cheap and they've got nothing to lose. What if Colin Kaepernick came back and then, you know, weird twist started shaming people for taking a knee at the, during the anthem. And he's like, guys, I've had a change of heart. I am all USA all the time. I hate what I've been doing. So you just get signed. Everybody else on the team just wants to ride with him in solidarity. They're all on their knees during the anthem. They look left and he's just standing with his hand over his heart. You know what? Stranger things have happened in this crazy world of ours. But like as we're talking football, let's chat about this. You know, I've been texting a couple of uh, NFL insiders and I think a lot of the Darby cast doctors are the prime listenership is saying to themselves, bullshit, man, you aren't doing that. And I'm going to tell you right now, you're wrong. And you know this, Matty J. Guys, let me tell you, he's got sources. Okay. He's not just puffing. This is the real deal. Yeah. So, (laughs) so I text my boy who's a coach for a team in the NFC West. Okay. And he says, he says straight up, they don't know if they're going to play this year. And You know, if you go to ESPN.com, you're obviously going to see some of these, uh, I don't know, tired hacks just throwing it out there being like, oh, yeah, training camp. Oh, yeah. But I'm telling you right now from within the locker room, they're saying, I don't know if I want to play with this whole COVID thing. And I think this is a broad conversation that a lot of people are having and want to have. Can we just talk about COVID and sports? Yeah, I'm going to actually give you a little rewind, hit the button, you know, let's let's play a little click here. I think when we look at the NFL's overall record, they're kind of undefeated. You mean to tell me that COVID's going to shake up our nation's pastime and just what everyone huddles up on a couch to watch? And let's look at the NFL's record here. Women's rights, domestic violence, uh, racism, concussions. That's uh, that's a big old 4-0. NFL's... uh, and taking no L's there, you think COVID's going to rattle their box a little bit? That's right. A lot of these players have beat the shit out of chicks. And Raj stands firm. Raj stands tall and he stands firm. It was really interesting because big Foucherino, our boy Fouch, in uh, government, Fauci. Government. Right. What a call. He says to Roger Goodell, like, hey, we might not have a season this year. And it's like, I don't think you understand that Raj, my Dodge, is about to dislodge straight in your Nodge. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not going to look at the emperor himself and say, uh, there's no season for you this this year, sir. Um, I think it's, it's status quo. He marches on. I think that the uh, the MLB and the NBA are going to be some fun guinea pigs to look at some some ways that they could avoid any potential disasters. Granted, there's probably five times as many players and they're they're interacting with each other way more personally and intimately on the field and in the locker room. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> I'm leaving that in there. Uh, yeah, just give me a quick timeout and then I'll uh, just reset on that. So, yeah, I'll say that uh, the NBA is going to be an interesting 
example of how sports can be executed. I saw that Rudy Gobert is not yet at 100%, and that's kind of his comeuppance for how cavalier he was. Even though he's a member of the Utah Jazz, he was pretty cavalier about touching the mic and coughing in people's faces when he first found out about COVID. His long, gangly French arms uh, were just all over the place, and he was treating everybody like... Hey, listen, I'm Rudy Gobert. Haven't you heard? And it's like, dude, you're a good center. You're not great. Get out. So let's talk about the NBA playoffs. Who's going to win? Is it obviously the Lakers? I mean, they're probably one of the most dangerous teams. Um, The fact that they're considering bringing on J.R. Smith is a little bit like playing Russian roulette. I I don't know if that's going to work or hurt. We've seen what happens when JR has a little bit of Hennessy and a couple of green lights at corner three. Uh, It it can typically end badly, but you know, on an off given chance, you could win a ship too. And if there's anything that Keanu Reeves told us is that the Cucumbas are going to the ship. So uh, who's the odds on favorite? I think in the East, you know, clearly for the fans who missed that hardball (laughs) reference, with Keanu Reeves and the Kakembas. <laughs> like, can you just take a quick time out and not blow past that as if that weren't a big deal? G Baby <laughs> got hit in the chest with some buckshot and he died. And Keanu Reeves gave an impassioned speech. And then they enjoyed the song Big Papa. And that movie was awesome. Look, if I have the opportunity to ever come back here and I don't say anything that's going to prevent me from uh, getting too much trouble, bottom line is uh, Hardball is basically the hood version of the Mighty Ducks. Keanu Reeves is a little more street than Gordon Bombay. He wasn't afraid to get down and dirty and uh, basically coach where he didn't belong. (laughs) Dude, I can hear when I'm laughing that hard, I can hear the microphone just cutting out, like just saying, no, you, you, we've had enough of you. Oh, you're a legend. Look, it solved a gambling addiction. He found the love of his life. And uh, now he's the proud father to 15 black kids in the inner city. Wow. That's a big call out. Going back to the NBA. Sorry, sorry. I got a little. I got a little that was one of the most welcome asides I've ever heard of in my entire life. Never apologize for anything Reeves or anything <laughs> sports movies. Like I immediately am jumping to thinking about angels in the outfield. Right, right. Like, I don't have a choice, but to think about uh, general manager, George Knox as played by Danny Glover. I think about the deadbeat dad who says like, I'm coming back when the angels win the pennant, win the fucking pennant, which is just a really dishonest way of saying you're yeah. a lousy kid. Right. I don't like you. No, and, and, and it stands the test of time. Imagine kids in foster homes right now, just hearing that from people. Like when the Angels win the pennant, you think Mike Trout's going to fucking do that? Well, you know what? Let's not get lost on baseball. Let's go back to basketball. So an inside tip that I've heard is basically uh, everyone is going to be dog shit from the three-point line because to be a supreme three-point shooter, you've got to have your reps. You've got to have that game experience. And so they're saying that essentially what we're going to look like is a bunch of high schoolers out there chucking threes way beyond where they're, they're capable of. So if you got teams that are big like Philly, that uh, you know typically do not have any three-point shooting capabilities, kind of like Ben Simmons, you've got an advantage. I'm going to give you a little sleeper. Okay. I'm going to say Philly in the East. And in the West, why not Luka Doncic? Why not Dallas? 
why not just, you know, something for fun? Wow. He's got a hot mom. Look it up. That's huge. First off, let's just say that's huge. But you're sleeping on the Lakers. You're saying that Caruso is not, this isn't going to be the year that he bashes out all the way to the ship and then buys a Lamborghini and just drives around showering spicy Latinas in the streets of LA. When did you paint Caruso as the white Stefan Marbury? He's always been that. (laughs) (laughs) You know, Caruso's out there right now driving a very responsible, very practical Volvo SUV. Enough leg room for him. He's also protecting that precious, probably 200 grand contract he's got with the Lakers right now. Well, that's about to get renewed in a big way. It's going to be short order until Caruso's got his Lambo and his spicy Latina (laughs) entourage who are just always in the middle of a wet t-shirt contest at the behest of his champagne showers. I wish Caruso was Dan Bazarian. He's just not. But, you know, the fact is the kid's got sneaky hops and he looks like he's 55. I want to bring it back to the Utah Jazz, though, because we talked about Rudy Gobert, but we didn't talk about their best player, Angles. Oh, wow. I thought you were going to jump right into Spider. Uh, Mitchell, the one that uh, the Frenchie was was trying to assassinate. Uh, luckily, Spider's okay. Angles, I think he's kind of, you know, he's completely safe. I mean, we once talked about him, you know, off air as basically looking like essentially a hybrid of a, of a trash truck driver. And a bouncer at a very, very cool New York bar. Ingles is maybe the most unassuming, but also well-gifted Australian athlete that we've ever seen. I saw today on on Twitter, I wasn't on Twitter, but I was looking up sports news because I knew that it's Monday, sports. But Ingles was in the news. Uh, He said he caught a youth peeing on his house. And then he... uh, he made a little social media blast and he was like, hey, we caught you and every little detail. And he was just calling him out and saying, hey, kid, you got a baby dick. The name's Ingles here to stay. <laughs> that's that's an Ingles move right there. Um, was it was his house in Australia or, or in the States? Inconsequential. I suppose you're right. But they don't play around. I mean, who knows how much Aborigine he has in him? I'm not going to go there. He's got. Probably a little bit of uh, X-Men factor going on, but I'm, I'm going to pass the mic back to you on this. Ingles is, is a legend. Well, listen, anybody from Australia, there's basically a couple routes you can go. You're either a complete stud who knows how to take down a Fosters in very little time. Also, somebody who can beat you senseless with the didgeridoo and then play it over your lifeless body. I'm describing the same person. And then the second style person in Australia is everybody else, right? Yeah, just 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 micro penises. <laughs> that's the rest. That's the rest of them. We might have to get you here full time. I'm happy to be a contributor, you know. For as much as we talk off air, I think it's only fair that we just let the people know what we're all about. Uh but yeah, I give the Utah Jazz no chance to win the NBA championship, but I do think it's important to consider that somehow, some way, before Trump essentially gets ousted by, by force or just by general will, that we make Ingalls an American citizen. And um, you know what? If they're tearing down all these statues, why not put one up of him? 
I'm fine with that. I think he's a lefty. He's got a funny accent and he's got a big dick. Well said. Yeah, the whole thing with the statues that is bumming a lot of people out is that they're just taking them down and they're not making any plans to put anything back. I'm an erase and replace kind of guy. So like if you're taking down American president who penned the Emancipation Proclamation, good old Uncle Abe, you better have a pretty concrete plan of somebody as equally inspiring to put in his stead. For Uh, the record, Abe would have been a terrific power forward. Wow. No problems there. Abe, like, let's just use a time machine for a second. Bring Abe back maybe to the 1980s, put him on the Knicks with Rambus. And am I getting that time period correct? Is Rambus 80s? I'm not going to tell you you're wrong. Okay. Kyle, check the dates. Kyle got me a mocha when I walked in here. Kyle, you take your time. I know they're trying to get you that skateboard or snowboard, whatever the fuck it is. It's a surfboard. Kyle, it's coming your way. Yeah, Darby cast. Um, just we'll take a quick little uh little time out for Kyle's sake. We are still taking donations. I don't like asking for them, but I also don't like seeing Kyle with that big droopy face weekend in and weekend out, saying, Man, I really wanted to go to the wedge in Newport Beach in Orange County. And I'm like, Kyle, you'll get your wish one day. Let's just start you off slow. Let me buy you a rash guard. The surfboard is going to come later. We got to wait for more paying subscribers to the podcast. Keep looking up the facts. Don't drink on the job. Good things will happen for you, Kyle. I mean, Kyle doesn't even have a fucking car. So how he's going to put a surfboard in an Uber is beyond me. But yeah, listen to your boss, Kyle. You'll, you'll be fine. So if the NFL, the NFL is going to be a little bit modified, right? Because you're going to have pricks like Fauci showing up and saying like, hey, socially distance in the locker room. Even though guys are going to be giving each other high fives and enjoying each other's company. And Rachel Nichols is going to make her way. ESPN. You already know. She's going to make her way into the locker room and just get flipped 10 ways till Tuesday. (laughs) And I don't like her. I'm just going to go ahead and say that. She didn't get to where she is without giving a little bit. You give that woman some respect. She's taking some miles downstairs. Check the car facts. (laughs) Wow. Give me the vag facts. Um, Who is your top announcer combo right now in the NFL. Are you an Aikman Buck kind of guy? Are you a Collinsworth Michaels? Is there somebody that I'm not seeing that you're really looking forward to? And like, granted, the Madden Summerall team, I don't know if that can ever be topped, but Monday night has not announced who their combo will be. Right. And, you know, being big fantasy guys as we are, I think, again, that's a topic for another uh, episode, maybe next week or later this week. I don't run this program. But essentially, the faces that I've been seeing over the past year or two is just the Red Zone channel. But Aikman and Buck, they've got a relationship that goes back years. They're just brothers hanging out, playing a little backyard spitball football. So I'd like to see Tony Romo and Gus Johnson. Gus Johnson can do play by play. Gus? I mean, Gus really transitioned to doing more college sports, but he's my favorite announcer of all time, um, minus, you know, the obvious Chick Hearn. Yeah. 
You know, I don't think announcing gets better than Chick Hearn, but if you're talking Chick Hearn and Stu Lance, we'll pivot away from the NFL for a second and talk about growing up with the LA Lakers and having Chick Hearn and Stu Lance. That didn't get any better. What if I take your Gus Ferrat and I raise you a Gus Johnson? That's right. <laughs> That's right. Gus Johnson, when he said, Byron Leftwich, big, strong arm quarterback, doing what he's supposed to do. It's like, Gus, you're just calling it like you see it. And I like that. But Matty J, talk to me. What's been on your mind in the world of sports lately? Is it fantasy sports? Is it players? Is it COVID? I know we've kind of bounced all over the place and such is the nature of the Darby cast. But like if something, if I say sports, what's just something you think about often? I think folks are just getting ready for live action sports to return. Quite frankly, I've been motivated by Korean baseball and horse racing, but I'd like to see something that I usually put in my usual programming. Um, So baseball, 60 games in 66 days. That should be fun. I don't know if it's doable, but quite frankly, if they can pull it off, why deal with 150 games of bullshit? Let's just have that every year. People have been saying that for a long time. And they say, stop milking everybody's wallet, MLB. I don't even know who the commissioner of Major League Baseball is. Rob Manfred. He looks like a turtle. Well, I think he's garbage because he's making way too many games. The season's too long. And uh, listen, I hate baseball. I don't know if you know that about me. I can't stand it. I'll say it's it's fun to attend. It's a fun game to go to if you're bringing your dad and you got some relationship things you got to work on and you haven't gotten a good pitching catch since Field of Dreams aired. But other than that, watching it on TV, what's the point? I could just take a nap and eat a bowl of cherries on my own. That's a huge call out. What's going on in the world of golf? Speaking of things that you watch on TV and maybe eat a bowl of cherries too. Let me tell you, it's a great snack. Uh, you know, I, I think we saw Phil Mickelson and Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, and they all got together and uh, with Tiger Woods, played a little two-on-two, got great ratings, made a bunch of money, donated to COVID or wherever that money flows to. I think Haiti's still getting some money and the Fugees are dancing to it. So I don't know. I don't know where the money goes. You just send it in Venmo and some rich dictator gets it. But uh, golf, fuck it. I don't know. I miss Tiger Woods being on on top. That was a fun time in golf. I don't think I've paid attention to golf since then. I remember a buddy of mine, he uh, he was on the Stanford golf team, and Tiger went to Stanford. He actually would show up at golf practice from time to time. My buddy was telling me about this time that Tiger showed up and put a range bucket out uh, about 40 yards from him and said, hey, fellas, most important thing is being good inside of 40 yards. And so he just stares down that range bucket, takes a hack at it, and boom, sinks the ball straight in the range bucket 40 yards out. And then everybody's like, whoa, okay, that was pretty serious. And then he took another uh, hack at it and boom, sunk another one. And then he took his third shot. It landed about two feet away from the range bucket. And then on his fourth shot, he sunk it again. And I don't know if there has been a more focused and incredible uh, small and large motor skill athlete that I've ever seen than Tiger on top of his game. 
And I'm just looking, I love seeing those crazy dominant athletes. I don't care what sport they're in. I love seeing people playing things at the top of their game. So I ask you this, who is going to be the top player in the NBA playoffs? Who is going to be the top player in the NFL this year? And if I had any frame of reference for who is going to be the top player in baseball, who's it going to be? Loaded question, loaded box. I'll let you tell our listeners later about uh, the reference that means with fantasy. But top player in baseball, we referenced Mike Trout earlier, the Angels winning the pennant. Bottom line is no one's going to get adopted, but he's going to play really well. Basketball, gosh, I could see Houston. I could see James Harden just putting up a bunch of numbers and breaking a bunch of records. They're not going to go anywhere. Russell Wilson's terrible in the clutch. but Westbrook? Yeah. What did I say? Wilson. Well, he asked me three-sport question. True. That's what happens. Yeah, Westbrook. He's terrible in the clutch. Wilson, hey, he ain't any better. You should have handed it off to Marshawn. Tell that to your source. Wow. But, <laughs> uh, so baseball, that covers basketball and, and football. Um, I'm going to say Teddy Two Gloves is going to surprise some folks this year in Carolina. I like Teddy Two Gloves. He had a great year in the Big Easy when Scrooby was out. And I think Breeze is back in the good graces of the American mob after he had made a highly controversial comment about... He was taken out of context and he was baited into it. Give me a break. That's a big call out. But yeah, Breeze, great guy. I think the Saints are going to have a nice little year this year they always do top wide receiving weapon in the game michael thomas only wide receiving weapon on that team listen ted ginn they might bring him back right for what good call but alvin Kamara, right yeah if they could use him properly this year um i agree i feel like Taysom hill really took a lot of his thunder last year unintentionally as uh, Sean Payton was using his playbook like it was some sort of Hogwarts experiment. Wow. That's a big call out saying, Payton, you're a muggle. Quit acting like a wizard. Yeah. But tell me more. What's going on in your life? You played some sports this weekend. You went to... You went on a little boating trip. Let's talk about the sports that you played this weekend. Played a little golf. Got got out to the range. Really had no control with my driver whatsoever. Might have broken a few windows. Definitely got out of there as quickly as I could. But uh, then I did a long bike ride. Caught some scenery. Got some altitude. And then zip lining. Never done it before. Truly exhilarating. What they don't tell you is when they strap you into those harnesses, every time you drop in, um, one of these, these just nonstop downhill runs. It feels like every single one uh, of, of your genitals, because I have fifteen, is going to explode right through your shorts because the pressure that mounts is is terrible. Uh, so pinch after pinch, I've come back and uh, and I'm here today as as I am. I like that. I'm glad you had a good time. <laughs> so zip lining. Have you ever done bungee jumping? Have you? jumped out of an airplane. Are you now on an indomitable quest for adrenaline? Are you 
telling the people of the world, fuck you, COVID. I am going to climb Everest. I am going to play with sea turtles. I'm going to do it all. What's next for you? Not to bring Keanu back, although that wouldn't be a bad thing, but I'd love to say that I am now going to recreate Point Break the way it should have been done because that's how much I have a thirst for uh, extreme sports and, and exhilaration. But no, when I was younger, I went hang gliding, believe it or not, in Rio de Janeiro of all places. True wow. story. 10 years old. You jump off a cliff. You don't even know what that, you don't even know any better. What other sports, obscure sports, have you been missing during this whole COVID thing? Because I know there was a time, uh, there was a rainy day a number of years ago. <laughs> you and I, turned on ESPN six and it was the, uh, it was the college, maybe junior college rodeo championships. And that was one of the most entertaining sports casts of my entire existence. I don't know how we lucked out to happen across such nonsense, but what do you remember from it? I couldn't keep my eyes off the screen. Quite frankly, I think after the first couple of minutes, I wasn't even sitting anymore. It was one of those things where you're sitting there with a friend, you have no experience in the field of whatever it is that you're talking about, and you say to yourself, yeah, I could do that. Are those, these, these fuckers are hanging on to this animal for 5.6 seconds. I could give it seven. Yeah, and you got guys, a lot of guys named Joey and Biff from Panhandle State. And we had to look that up. Oklahoma, Panhandle State. That's right. That's right. And you ended up later that year giving me a t-shirt from Panhandle State. And I still sport that thing proudly. I want you to know I get emails from them monthly from their uh, <laughs> from their gift shop. That's huge. I mean, that's. I think there's been so many people just starving for their sports right now. I think the political climate is dicey. You got a lot going on in this crazy world of ours. And sports is such a unifier for the US of A. It doesn't matter whether you're bull riding, taking chip shots, spearing people with your helmet, dunking on people, or getting drunk and jacking threes from the corner like J.R. Smith. But all these things matter. Let me tell you why. I mean, the reality is athletes are our heroes. Politicians aren't our heroes. We can't be in school, so teachers aren't our heroes. Nurses have been heroic. They're so fucking covered up. You can't see them. You can't thank them. You can't do anything. Athletes and clinging on to a team and community, that's what gets people through tough times is hope. And to have a sense of belonging towards something bigger. So I think when sports start rolling back around, so will our economy, so will our, our energy, you know, our, our inner feelings that we can move forward through all this craziness. I would tend to agree with that. And as you're saying that, I can't help but default to the mental place of, I need to watch the movie Remember the Titans and see Gary Bertier point real hard at somebody after a big sports victory, get wrecked, and then have Julius show up at the hospital and then have Gary Bertier's mother say, your tears won't help my son walk again. 
but go out there and play hard. And then he did. Right. That was a great movie. And I think uh, that brought people together in a serious way. But we're going to need something bigger than Remember the Titans for the massive rift that seems to be present amidst the chaos of the lockdown and the tension that has arisen as a result thereof. What's going to be, if you could imagine, and take a second to think about this, if you could imagine a scenario that would be peak inspiration, that would make everybody slap themselves in the forehead, just a big old, wow, I love the U.S. of A., and I'm proud to be an American, or at least I know I'm free. You're asking for a sports moment? Specifically, yes, unless you have something excellent <laughs> to just lay out. Yeah, we can't just push pause and pull up YouTube and, and, and play the Disney miracle movie and have Kurt Russell just, just sue this all down with a halftime speech to run through a brick wall. I was going to say maybe some Johnny Tsunami and just say, hey, Bono, he. R.I.P. to uh, famous Jet Jackson, by the way. Did Jet Jackson die? He iced himself. Well, this is taking a turn that is the exact opposite of what I was asking. Let's stay on task. Sorry, sorry. What what do you think is the most inspirational thing you've seen in sports? Wow. Well, obviously with Kobe passing this year in basketball and the tributes that were given immediately thereafter, that was that was pretty incredible. You know, if Kobe can go down, then really any of us can go at any time. And that guy was just immortal. So that really made you think. Stuart Scott's passing. That was big. That was big. And uh, I feel like the Jimmy V Foundation really utilized Stuart Scott's passing well. Jimmy V, great man. If you look at the Wolfpack and what he did there. It was a great 30 for 30 on that one. And that was probably before ESPN really took a nosedive into being just full of nonsense. They hired like 800 beat writers who were all competing to make great stories. And it turns out none of them were good writers. And so all the stories were garbage. And it was like, American T-ball, sex predators. (laughs) (laughs) You never know what you're going to get. Man, I have, I have laughed. I've laughed during way too much of this. I have, um, normally I keep my composure pretty tight because I know what I'm going to say, but having you throw things out here, I can't help it. I can't help it, Matty J. I just can't wait till this uh, show gets to the point where you can start, you know, there's so many listeners that you start getting, you know, live calls, you know, so there's a segment of the show will just be taking live calls from, the community and having them chime in on things like this and they're either with you or they're against you in which case i'll let you poetically tell the listeners here what your your former basketball coach once told you well there's a couple things my former basketball coaches have told me but i know what you're you're referring to specifically it's get your jersey and leave because you ain't fucking playing right (laughs) And that came in a summer league basketball game. I was urging my team members to play some defense. And I was on the bench at the time, which was rare. 
but I was just, you know, getting a little Gatorade. And I was like, guys, play some fucking defense. And my coach, Todd, he pivoted and he said, he said that. And that's exactly how he sounded. And I said, it was me. And he said, well, get your shit and leave. And I was like, Coach Todd, I don't think you know what you're doing. I'm the best player on the team. Why don't you settle down? And he was wearing a Hawaiian shirt and he gave me a stern look. And that's when I knew it was over. (laughs) (laughs) Two things that don't mix well, an attitude and a Hawaiian shirt. When Sir Tommy Bahama himself thought this is going to look great on overweight, middle-aged, middle America men, he was not thinking of a scowl on their face. True. True. I love how fluid this conversation is. Tell me about a good coach story of yours. You played youth sports growing up. Yeah. What really sticks out? Okay. Uh, I'll throw a couple your way. I had a coach named uh, Ryan. We'll just say Ryan for now. Ryan is his first name. Last name we'll leave. We'll leave empty. He got so angry in the first quarter of a frosh soft basketball game. Uh, we were not playing D as, as you were just recently speaking of. And in the middle of a game, we were playing on a waffle court at the time, usually known to be in, in most rich kids' backyards. But for some reason, this was the court that we were playing on today. He took one of the chairs off the bench and gave his best Coach Knight impersonation and chucked it across the court and then left the gym. Um, All of our parents were there thought that the coach was completely unhinged. Um, Needless to say, we lost the game, but that, that chair was never found. It's important to have youth coaches that take things way too seriously. You know, you and I, we've talked about that, uh, that ultra diesel retirement plan. You make it big. I make it big. And then when we retire, we coach a frosh soft high school basketball team. And I loved your reasoning that you laid out to me when you were the one who you proposed that. And I thought it was a brilliant idea. You said, listen, kids on the JV squad, their parents have expectations that you are going to help them get to the next level. But the frosh soft thing, boy, there's nothing there. That's it. Just keep the kids busy. That way they don't get into drugs. They're not fucking any, you know, of their classmates. And by the time they get home, you've put them through enough suicides and sideline drills that they just want to eat dinner and go to bed. Right. And we've talked about our unorthodox coaching style and how hard we would run a practice. What was your favorite drill? Because we talked about a specific practice. Right. And this is where Ingalls really comes full circle here. Uh, Essentially, what we're going to do is we're just doing left-handed layups all goddamn day. Are you ever going to need it? Maybe. In the case that it ever comes up, are you going to be able to execute it? Probably not. Because who uses their left ever? Let me tell you, as a kid, I go left, I'm still shooting right. Even if I'm being covered on the backside, I'm still just shooting that underscooped right-handed shot right into the defender's hand. I'm not going to look like a moron and put up a left-handed hook and have it just just air. Nope. But can you imagine if for at least 
50% of our practices that we put the song Welcome to the Jungle by Guns N' Roses on repeat and made the kids run for three hours doing left-handed layups. And then we finish off and say, hey, you all get one half-court shot. If you make it, you get 10 bucks. That's it. 10 bucks. If, if you're a freshman in high school, sophomore in high school, 10 bucks, that's going to last you at least a month and a half, maybe two. Use it wisely. You're singing half-court shots. Again, are you ever going to need to use it? Maybe a couple seconds left before halftime. We know which kid to put in, you know, he's got a couple tens in his pocket. Um, but we talked about this once, again, taking a dark twist. It was like a Texas Christian or Texas Tech school coach was uh, letting kids play one-on-one after practice for money. And, it, and uh, the one kid kept winning and he got shot. We're not going to let it get to that level. Then again, we coach in Orange County. Let's make that uh, a real emphasis here. There's no guns in Orange County. And on that note, I think uh, that might do it for this Monday sports edition of the Darby cast. And I want to say thank you to you, Matty J, for taking the time to post up, hang out, and put out the vibe. You brought a lot of insight, and I am looking forward to your glorious return. I'm looking forward to seeing... What else is in your back pocket other than sports? Because based on what you brought to this, I think the possibilities are limitless. I'm honored. So thrilled to be here. Thank you guys for giving me a chance to vent, talk with you, and connect a little bit deeper. At the end of the day, if you can't uh, agree with what Maverick and I are essentially trying to just put into your ears, then let's just all get a, a little bit of gelato. We can at least agree on that. Comped. <laughs>